I was, you know, last night watching Taxi Driver. Yes. But I'm also listening to this book about Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. At the same time. So I don't want to be the kind of mother that turns my child into a serial killer. Like, I don't want to suffocate him with so much love that he turns into, like, Wasn't his mom handles off? Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's like either, it's a, it's a... Fine line. No, it's a, a extreme. It's either really hands off or like mm. really hands on, like suffocation. And I'm like, what if I just love him that's so only, much? That's only part. I think it's like doing the relationships. Like, no woman will ever love you like I love you, or something. A way of like, I'm gonna ruin every relationship oh, you no. have, and I'm not letting you have a house. And I think my uncle, if he was more motivated, he could be like a serial killer. Mm. Like when I like hear about serial killers, he's I'm too like, lazy to. Yeah, I'm just one. like that sounds like. Gary, you know, lived with his mom into his sixties, and he gets scatterbrained. Or he, he could be, yeah. And like, I don't know. Or I oh my god, would you be surprised if he found out? He no, was... like if like the police were like, we found like skulls and stuff. like they found some guy in Kentucky with like body parts all in his house, mm. and like the cops were like, is anyone else in the house? And he was like, just all my friends. My mom and I both literally were just like, that's what, like that's like the type of. My uncle says, like, oh about, like, he'll, like, he'll be like, look at my unlicensed gun, it's my friend. <laughs> and he signs every card with, like, a broken heart with, like, blood. Oh, my God. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> and, like, literally, he was sent to Vietnam to avoid jail time. Okay, so, like, this all makes yes. sense now. But, like, <laughs> literally, like, if I got a knock at my door that he, like, murdered a bunch of people, I would be like... Yeah. It's shocking because it seems like he, he was too lazy. Was too yes, lazy. it's shocking because he was not. too lazy. Not but I was like, was no, the personality matches. Like Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Or you just try and be like, hey, Gary, why don't you just clean your dishes a little? And he's like, <laughs> and like, And you're like, okay. <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> no one's but listening. But he's also advice, okay? like the not immediate family member that I like the most, too. Oh, so oh, that's man. worrisome on my part. You know? I think the fact that Whoa. he's not that I know of killed anybody, so. Well, okay. that always gets I mean, did he kill people in Nam? Um, oh, so he ended up getting, he went AWOL. So he's technically a Nam veteran, but he did not go to Nam. Okay. Like, but he was sent to, like, boot camp. And then he, he was, was, like, drafted to avoid jail time. Yes. And then okay. he still went AWOL. Yes. Yeah. Like, as much as we love Emery's interviews with her mom, I really want to hear an Emery Gary interview. I don't oh know my that God. I want to. And you can't, like, talk to him. He's like, rah, after that, so I'd smoke my cigarillos. And- <laughs> I love that he smokes cigarillos. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. But anyways, I think he... I don't think it is anything like Grandma did. That yes. I think he just turned out. Because your way. mom, because your mom is great. Yes, and then my other uncle's like semi-normal kind of. That's Are a good cold open with having Gary conversation. Be he does not have internet. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually off the grid. Yes, he has, he a, has like a burner phone. He has so like a flip phone. phone. Okay, awesome. He pays for like premium cable, but he has. I don't know if he's ever used a computer. Oh my God, Gary is a dream. Yes. Yes. He's a has cat he, guy. If has, that he, also has, he, has he ever been in a relationship with a woman or man? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. He is like a regular at like a strip joint that's like a walk away from the apartment. He is. And I think he one time hired the hookers to like clean the apartment. Oh. And I did a really good job from what my grandma said. Okay. That's... And he gives them rides places, but I don't think they hook up with him. <laughs> he has his own car. Yes. Okay. I mean, he is a. He is. I want to meet Gary.
Welcome to Watch Out. Welcome to Watch Out. With Helen Hall Library. Library. A deep dive into classics, hidden gems, and new favorites all found in your library stacks. Hi, I'm Emery. I'm Emily. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Meredith. And today we're celebrating Emily's birthday! Woo! And Unhinged Men. Yes. Yes. With Taxi Driver from 1976, right? Mm -hmm. And No Country for Old, for Old Men from 2007. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good job. No Country for Old Men from 2007, directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, adapted from Cormac McCarthy, R.I.P.'s mm. novel, starring Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Tommy Lee Jones, Woody Harrelson, Kelly McDonald, and Garrett Dillahunt. After finding the scene of a drug deal gone wrong, Llewellyn Moss takes the money and runs. Unbeknownst to him, sadistic killer Anton Chigurh is tracking him. Llewellyn finds himself in a game of cat and mouse through the back roads of West Texas. So what made you pick this for your birthday? I love this movie. I love the Coen brothers. I love Tommy Lee Jones. I love Anton Bardone. I love the scenery, the story. It's about Texas. It's just great. I love this movie. I didn't know that it was a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, really? No, because when I think of the Coen Brothers, I'm like, oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, it's kind of serious. Yeah, yeah. like or like, what's the one with Channing Tatum? The... Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. Yeah. You know, I think of something silly. But then I also thought, okay, Fargo. Fargo yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But that's a little silly. It's a little... Yeah, yeah. And I feel like this still has, like, the fast dialogue and, like... Yeah. Yeah. The character... Like, the secondary characters feel very real. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah. Like the... We don't give out no information. Yeah, because oh, it's her. like, if you... She's my MVP. Yeah, she is my MVP. We don't give out no information. Because <laughs> if you open the door to, like, the trailer park office, that's who would be sitting there. Yeah. Yes. And that's how she would sound, and that's how she would look. And the gas station. Yeah. Attendant. Yeah. Yes. It makes me so sad. It makes me crazy. And then, like, the motel clerk that's just like... Oh, like, I wrote you, it down. What did I write down? the room you want. It's got corresponds. double bayon. <laughs> <laughs> Corresponds to the applicable raid, and uh, yeah, like that's who would be at that. I need another room. It's got two double Carla Jean's mom is like the epitome of the perfect mother-in-law to me. Like, I got the king. I got the king, sir. (laughs) She's one of those characters where I'm like, maybe one of the stray bullets from the shootout. Yes, I think. Anton Chigurh is like the scariest villain of all time. He's, He's a true psychopath. Perfect yeah. sociopath. Like yeah, he, he you you. I think I read something about like um he in this like medical journal. All these doctors, you know, compiled the actual psychopaths that are portrayed in all mm. in film, and he was the most accurate depiction mm. of a true psychopath. Wow. He's also the fifth member of the Beatles. Mm. <laughs> oh that hair. <laughs> I, I, I wrote. I was like that face. Ugh. That hair. Ugh. <laughs> you don't like the way he looks in general i don't really like him i feel like general. you would like him no i just don't really i mean yeah that's fine that's fine i don't i don't think he looks great in this movie but i don't mind watching him pull a bullet out of oh his god naked. okay yeah. yeah so that part i did like <laughs> i think it's, so, it's I... like him and josh brolin Llewellyn. they're just so competent even though yeah. they're kind of not because he keeps yes. getting caught and doesn't mm-hmm. but it's like the like just like i got my jeans on and just like okay i'm putting the rods together and putting your yep. like, yeah it's so manly you gotta yeah. do things like yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I when he treats his wounds, when Anton Sugar treats his wounds, it looks so realistic. It does. I'm like, you know, like looking mm. at it, and I'm like, he squirts the al- the mm. alcohol, and it like comes out the other yeah. side, and I'm like, that's too much. When he's wrapping his arm at the end of the movie, and the kid, I feel like the kid, the bone's sticking out of your arm. Yeah. He just keeps saying, "Mister, there's like, a bone." He's like, "I like Tommy Lee Jones's monologue, mm. but and I and I started writing this, and then I changed my way halfway through finishing the sentence. So I said, "I like Tommy Lee Jones' monologue, but I seriously." cannot fathom that he's an actual different character in every movie that he's in he's the same person in every film but then i was like maybe except this one i don't know mm-hmm. he's like actually not too bad in this one i love tommy i love tommy yeah and i feel like if you're hiring him it's because you want tommy Lee Lee Jones. yeah i i don't dislike or anything mm. i'm just saying like he's tommy lee jones and everything he is my perfect grandpa husband figure but but he's not <laughs> because do you, do you not do what? you not remember jeffka and i've never seen you've seen that. jfk oh okay <laughs> oh. oh yeah 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 i i mean it's like i understand he has to like make the bad decision to go back to the shootout scene to try and get information from the guy that's dying or whatever because then the movie wouldn't exist if he didn't go back and end up mm. getting like caught or like in the shootout but like why would you go back yeah. you have the money yeah i mean i guess if he didn't go back well, the money still... would have been at home getting tracked but like i'll say he, the still money was still getting tracked he, he went sure. back to give that guy water, water. He's I, a, I think he's conscious. in bed and he goes uh, okay fine <laughs> you know, like that dude's probably dead by now just no yeah i mean i don't know well it's more of a, sleep. it's more of for him and his yeah for his like, i got two million dollars he's now. like at least i went back and tried i did the calculation two million back then because i was like mm, would i do all this for two million dollars because it doesn't seem seems like a lot but is it enough it would actually be 7.8 million yes, dollars yeah. so for that i would yeah. yes and in 1980 the economy was so crappy yeah, like, yeah. and they're on the border of mexico yeah. I mean, yeah and they seem they don't seem like the type who'd be like i'm gonna buy a mansion they would just buy like a house a and a trailer. truck and yeah. they'd be like happy with it yeah. i like how she's like llewellyn i know things I'm, I work at Walmart, work and at he's Walmart. like, not anymore. You're retired. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that part was sweet. <laughs> I like the back and forth between Carla Jean and Llewellyn, but then I I was looking, and the age gap is, like, 36 and 19. Oh, really? And they've been married for three years, which means that he was 33 and she was 16 <laughs> when they got married. I love Kelly McDonald. She's yeah, I do, so too. Good. She is good. I like her... Llewellyn. Yeah, like, I cannot see. I cannot see her as anyone other than the love interest in Train Spotting. Mm. It takes me she's out good of it. Mm. Mm. She's, she's, she's great in Boardwalk Empire. Okay. Two podcasts in a row talking about Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when she's so like, good. Llewellyn, where'd you get that? And he goes, The Gittin' Place. The Gittin' Place. That's Gary and Benny. You ask them where they got something, they just <laughs> go, The, the Gittin' Place. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Okay. Straight away. When in the one. One of the first scenes that we're introduced to Anton Sugar, mm-hmm. you know, is when he's the policeman's on the phone and he's sitting in the back, mm-hmm. and, and you see him when oh, he starts yeah. to get up. That's 
really scary. Mm, like yeah. so just the moment, just the moment that you his, see him, moving, and it's like, very oh, like he's... methodical. Yeah, so yeah. then you're like, yeah. you don't realize he's already kind of walking. You're like, yeah. Oh, and then like the scuff, the marks scuff marks yeah. are a nice yes. touch. They are, and he yeah, and he's just so like, like he's mm. barely like emote. you know you watch it's people. It's yeah. so matter of fact. It's his, just business. his facial, yeah, like and and you know you watch movies and things where people are being strangled and you know okay fine they're being strangled. But, like, this is, like, the handcuffs cutting into mm, the throat. Yeah. Like, yeah, because when he takes the handcuffs off and stuff, he's all blooded yeah. up. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then, like, oh, my God, the, like, air gun. Yeah. Like, oh, that's terrifying. Dude. I think the first time I watched it, I did not understand. And I was like, I yeah. don't understand what he's doing. Yeah, I didn't either. It wasn't either. until, like, a couple, maybe my second time, I think I, like, read the wiki, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, the first time I saw that movie, I was like, bad like just carrying around this like thing and shooting people and knocking off locks and I was like <gasps> like I just loved it. Mm. The scariest part for me is him when he calls the guy friendo. I'm like god that is the perfect sociopath scene. Like you think he's that's, flipped the coin. That's when you see like that's yeah. when you see like so he could just be like a regular crazy person right. Mm. Like, yeah at, but you see like the then. evil. Until then but then at that scene is when you see that he's like unhinged psychopath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another point that makes me think he's a psychopath, when he has killed all those people in the motel, he had taken his shoes off and his socks were bloody. And you see him remove his socks and put his boots back on. Yeah. And he's wearing boots, no socks. And you know that hurts. (laughs) And I'm just like, man, he's not. So the whole... Okay, so in the book, Carla Jean dies. Mm -hmm. In the book. 100% 100% she dies in the book. Okay. okay. Where, like, where does she die? With, at the, the same scene. Yeah. The same scene. Oh, he kills her? He kills her. Okay. It's kind of left a mystery. It's left Yeah. It, right. But she, in the book, she's like, she's dead. And the reader knows. But in the movie, it's left ambi- ambiguous. Mm. But the big clue that he did kill her in the movie. He cleans off his shoes. He cleans off his shoes. Yeah. Mm. That's what makes me think she died. Because he doesn't like and why to would have he spare blood her? on him. Yeah. yeah why yeah, would he spare her? Yeah. yeah. So, and he doesn't have blood on him. One of my he doesn't f- like to have blood on him, I mean. One of my favorite scenes is yeah, when he likes to kill people. Killing <laughs> people yeah, in the hotel. But not. And that one guy's like, it's not me, it's not me. And he pulls the shower curtain and, and just shoots shoot him. And you see, like, the blood Because slut. he doesn't want to have the blood I know, on but him. I yeah. just, that scene, I'm like, violence isn't good. But when I see that scene, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, I love some movie violence. Me too. <laughs> However, I, I don't like when he John Wicked the dog, Llewellyn, and he no. just shot the dog. I oh. No. But they do it so like it's happens so quickly and so like harshly like the job like the dog jumps he shoots it it like still falls on him. I mean it's like, a great scene, but yeah. I mean and really if the dog dies I don't want to. If you're it. Llewellyn, <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Yeah, no, you have to. Right. I really, really felt the heat that this movie portrayed, mm-hmm. like physically, that, like that how hot it was, yeah. and like the flies around the yeah. dead bodies. Yeah, yeah. I felt yeah. the heat for sure. It is solidified my want to live in the Trans-Pecos region in the desert of Texas. That's just where I belong. I just want to be a lizard on a rock. Every time I hear Marfa, I think of Dale Gribble. And he's like, the Marfa lines! Yeah, Marfa's... They got a product store. Right below it's Terlingua. It's pretty affordable. I can't afford to live in Marfa. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is it? It's like it's a, too fancy now. Yeah. Is it? It's, it's, it's all like the a very people, hipster. All the people. Oh, really? All the people who are like, Austin is over. We yeah. Moved to Marfa. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. For sure. I thought Marfa Collective. Was still like, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Austin's full of Silicon Valley bros now. Mm-hmm. I love Stephen Root 100 percent in mm-hmm. everything that I see him mm-hmm. in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I've seen him in that I do not like. Woody Harrelson looks so young. In he this, does. And it wasn't even that long. No, ago. he looks no. so yeah. young. Maybe it's because like he's not as heavy. I don't know. Mm, but or he, maybe it's like the hats covering up the like hair. Maybe, like, yeah. but he did. Hair. His face looks so young. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, baby. his eyes look so blue. Was, like fifteen years. Ago. Yeah, but that's not like yeah. like if yeah, this that's was a di- that's a difference between twenty and thirty five. But he's not yeah. as young as like indecent <laughs> proposal. No, I he love Woody Harrelson. Super young there. Me too. I, I don't feel one do way. not believe he would have found the money the way that it happens. Where he's just like looking at the bridge and like climbs up and he's like, ooh, there it is. I mm. no, I don't think you would have found the money that way. What would you say if you were Woody Harrelson being like across the way from Anton Sugar with a gun? Oh God, I don't know. Just get it over with. Yeah, because he knows he's a psychopath. Right. Because yeah. he's been he like is familiar with. So his like he's st- but he still can't help himself for you know you don't have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. To try. But and he knows he's a super, but he knows he's a psychopath. Yeah. Like, I love when Steven Root is kind of like, how, so how dangerous is Aunt, this Anton Sugar? And he goes, how dangerous is he compared to what? The bubonic plague? Yeah. <laughs> he's like a one-man killing machine. Really. One-man plague. Yeah. I was so mad. I had like no faith in, I put no faith in dang humanity after that dang coat conversation. <laughs> I was so mad. I'm like, he's bleeding. Give him your coat. And then the contrast when Anton Chigurh, the villain, is hurt, the boy's like, I'll give you my shirt. Yeah, and he's like, paying him. I mean, and what else I don't like about, like, I don't really like this movie, but it's not a bad movie. So. Mm-hmm. If you like, if you don't know what happens already, it's a really good suspense movie. Mm. But I hate so bad, so much that I don't like how the main characters don't even get the honor of dying on screen. Mm. 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 I like, like that because it subverts like you don't see the initial desert shootout between mm-hmm. like the drug mules. You don't see the hotel shoot. Like I like that's that disappointing. You don't see it. Like it's your main character and he's killed off screen, not even by the other mm. main character. If just it's I like it. It feels like a it feels like a waste. I like it. It kind of subverts the traditional Western genre. Yeah, like a the shootout is yeah whatever. The shootout's already happened and it's right at the beginning, right? The yeah, or like yeah, we're constantly living in the aftermath. Aftermath. Where did okay? But is that not part and parcel to the experience of the? Because I've not read the book. I put it on hold, but it's checked out, and I didn't get it Mm. in. I have time to read it. So the book itself is told from the from Tommy Lee Jones's perspective. Mm. That character's perspective, right? So wouldn't he kind of just know the story? He just knows it, right? It's it's structured in a way of someone who's showing up to the aftermath of crime, yeah, and the aftermath Mm. of destruction. I have to agree with you that what I do not. Oh my gosh! Yeah, everybody, everybody, it's a miracle. I think this is a. I think this is an impeccable movie. I do not like it. Mm. I do not like it. Like it's a good movie. Yeah, but I don't like it. Mm. There are some things about it that rub me. Okay, so having the coin toss conversation, right? The mm-hmm. first time that you're hearing this 
killer speak, right? Mm-hmm. Really, right? Because mm-hmm. before the, he says he 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 goes the guy to, over and he's like, on the side of the road or whatever. Stand still or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he says it's like he, he's he's describing the coin that it's a lucky coin. Like don't put that in your pocket. It's a mm-hmm. lucky coin. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's not just a coin, but it is just a coin. Mm-hmm. This to me is my big problem with all these like I'm too like trying to put some sort of like existential quality to someone who is psychotic. Oh, I mm. I I feel I feel very troubled by it. I have a different opinion on that. I think oh. it's part of his cruelty to other people. I think he's like playing mind games yeah. with them yeah. and right. that's part of the right. torture. Right. Yeah. But us being presented with a character who is psychotic and then being told that that person is smart enough to play mind games on people, I have problems with that as a narrative. But that's true. Peace. Sure. But there are a lot of people who are psychotic and dangerous who are in prison right now who are there not because they are geniuses, right? Like oh, the, yeah, the yeah. trope the trope is mm. it, it's it, problematic. I see. Yes. I see what you're it, we we have all these books about like Hannibal Lecter is Hannibal so, Lecter, yeah, okay. Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah. um, you know, like the well, the, the argument in this book is that Jeffrey Dahmer is actually ashamed of his actions. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if he's like, but 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 um, se- like sensationalizing like these minority individual men, mm. right? I yeah. have a I'm minority. Like a, no. Is that the there same are, way you feel about Taxi Driver? The minority of the population. Not their racial or ethnic identity. You mean of Serial their killers. Serial killers. Psych- okay. Yes. Serial okay. killers. I got it. Intelligent serial killers. Okay. But we know But we, we know, know so much about them. Yes. Them. yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. Exactly. All right. I got so you. So that, to me, I just find really troubling. I, I also... I am just not a fan of... Westerns as a genre. Mm. This to me doesn't seem like a Western. It totally, it totally is. Though. This like, doesn't seem like welcomes in mind. Last year, everybody hated Robin it's a Hood neo and the Princess Bride. Yes, it is. So I to me, this I doesn't just don't, seem like a Western. I never. It's I totally a Western. It's totally a Western. It, it is totally a Western. The 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 Western. man being the man being set against the expanse of the mm. of the you know the, the wide expanse. Yeah. It, the harsh landscapes. It, it, it's just manifest destiny. It's just like this but man against nature, against nature, not with nature. It's I just I'm the isolation of the the. I just... But you get to watch I'm men so, in, like, well-fitting jeans, like... Wranglers and cowboy and, boots. I just... Ugh. It is not... Since, like, the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. right, Westerns have become more morally ambiguous, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 main characters... Like, through Tenta Yuma, that's a good one. Right. Oh, that's the, the main characters more and more are anti-heroes or, mm-hmm. or complicated, imperfect heroes. Mm-hmm. It's less black and white than... The more traditional Western, and there's more racial and ethnic diversity in mm. modern Westerns and in neo Westerns, right? It kind of. What are some other modern Westerns? I can't even. There's some Django. Django is a Western. Django is a Western. Yeah. Um, I, I love a neo Western. Um, nope is a Western. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, a Western. it's a sci-fi Western, <gasps> and I really enjoyed that one, but. I just love a man in cowboy boots. I do not. Oh, I just love does. the neo-westerns so much. I don't. Um, it just makes me think, like, masculine, manly. Remake. Um, it's just Unforgiven. A, you can change and modernize and set yourself apart from the traditional, very problematic westerns, right? Mm-hmm. But you're still, but you're still hearkening to that lineage, though, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. There's just something, I don't know. 
Mm. I'm just troubled. Mm. I'm sorry, Emily. So great. Nobody liked my. Nobody was like super enamored with my birthday movie better. Mm-hmm. But that that doesn't mean that this is not a great movie. Mm. It is just not my great movie. That's fine. You know, That's, mm. I'm not sensitive. No, just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm just messing I with you. And you're like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm no, sorry. I'm glad we had different opinions on it. Otherwise, it would just be all of us like being like, this is a great movie. Did you know that we used our Canopy streaming service to watch this week's podcast movie, No Country for Old Men? You too can use our Canopy streaming service. Get instant access to thousands of critically acclaimed movies, documentaries, and kid favorites. All you need is your library card. Uh, I'm just going to talk about some of my favorite scenes. Okay, yes. Bullet removal. <sighs> yes. So good. So methodical. How he can just inject himself yeah. with the lidocaine. Where, where, amazing. He is a professional. He has lidocaine. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. He sets the car on fire to go swap some drugs. Yes. Incredible. A line Tommy Lee Jones says when he says, well, they died of natural causes, natural to the line of work. Talking about the drug deal mm-hmm. gone wrong. Yeah. Incredible. Love the sassy grandpa moment. When he goes into the Western store in the full hospital gown and robe with mm-hmm. just the boots on and he's like, well, now I need everything else. <laughs> I love that. He's and like, he looks so good, even people, though it's just... So people I have often to say, come in here without clothes on. It's unusual. It's unusual. <laughs> I do really love the Josh Brolin has very Burt Reynolds vibes. Yeah. I think that's why I like him so much. And like the kind of the shaggy hair. Yes. Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. My ideal man. (laughs) You need to watch Hooper. It's where Burt Reynolds is a stunt double. Okay. And it's like the stunt men. They're like literally driving Broncos like backwards down the highway. And like getting in a police chase and they're all driving backwards and they're all partying and girls are hopping from one truck to the other. Perfect. like, it's called Hopper. Hooper. Oh, okay. And he's Hooper. like stunt doubling for like Adam West, and Adam West <gasps> is like playing himself. Or not. Oh. Yeah, Adam West. That's Batman. No, wait. Maybe it's Christopher Reeve before he's. I don't know. A superhero oh. guy from back then. He's, like, doubling for one of them. They're, like, going to jump a bridge, but they don't think they'll make it. So they're, like, we want, like, a million dollars for it. And then the director's, like, the director's supposed to be, like, Peter Bogdanovich. I was, like, we got to do it now if you don't think you can do it. Oh, my gosh. Stuff like that. And then his girlfriend is... Sally Field oh, and yes. um, her dad's like a stuntman and they mm. all and they get in like a fight and a bo- it's just it's great it's like great it's I'm writing it down yes Hooper <laughs> I've got it on my list um this movie has like no score no Amazing. I also don't like that Ooh, I, I like actually, that I, liked I actually it. didn't hate it I, I, oh. I didn't mind it I, I liked it because I do sometimes I notice scores too much and I was um, like you know what just give me the movie I liked maybe I don't the, need a score I liked in this movie I can't say I would like it in another movie but this movie I liked hearing the actual just sounds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I, it's a great choice I, I, I think it is a great choice I love all the cars in this movie I love yeah. the fashion I love the setting. Mm. This is a top tier movie for me. Yeah. Did you have other scenes that you had that we did not cover? No, we've covered we my covered favorites. All, all your favorites. One more scene. Okay. When he starts making the silencer, mm. just out of like regular old materials, I do like Emery mm. said. They're just so capable. I'm just like yes. <laughs> so or like when Josh Brolin like comes across the like drug deal scene, but he's just like trying to like shoot the deer and then he's yeah. like, following the deer and then he like sees the dog. He's and, tracking it. And yeah. then but then when the man is like asking for water and he's like I don't have water, I'm like but you're you out in the desert. Water. Yeah. So I had a question. Other... Yes. Okay. Maybe I missed this, okay? But who hired Anton Sugar to get this money? Is he the person that 
was selling the drugs. No, I would think that he's just on hire to cartels. And stuff. That's what I figured. Like, yeah. So he, it's never said in the movie. They go out to the scene of the shootout, and he's there with other yeah. two other like dudes. Yeah, and then he shoots them. And then he they give him the like responder that goes with the bag. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then yeah, he shoots them. I don't know if he's so he was to hired. Keep the money or... So like, okay, I need to remember correctly. Or so, those guys might just be expendable, and he... we're introduced to him though after. No, excuse me. We are introduced to his involvement in the money after we are introduced to him as a character, though. Yes, yes. but we kind of see him on the way there. He's so he's on the way there. That's how he's okay. Yeah, I just didn't understand his involvement. Like, what? What? He's fate personified. He's uh, gonna. Yeah. He's just gonna come for you. Like, he's a boogeyman. Any other no country thoughts? Thanks for watching this movie for my birthday. (laughs) I give no country five stars. I think it's perfect. I think it's tense. I think the violence is shocking, but it's still fun to watch. And the characters have great dialogue and accents. And Josh Brolin be looking really good. And Mm Kelly McDonald's doing a great accent. Um, love Garrett Dillahunt. He's one mm-hmm. of those people, if he shows up in a movie, I, I know it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. He uh, originally auditioned to play Llewellyn. Which would be totally different. Yeah. Oh. Um, what is he in? Garrett Dillahunt. He's the dad on Raising Hope. He's in Michael Bay's Ambulance, like, last year. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh. someone was like, it's like a Dillahunt renaissance. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know. I like him a lot. So my recommendations, Sicario, also with Josh oh. Brolin, <sighs> with Benicio Del Toro and Benicio Emily Blunt. They're also, like, drug cartels. They're hunting them, methodical men wearing those, like, military pants with, like, guns strapped to them that like look good and I'm like oh, but the military industrial complex is mm. getting to me through how men look in the clothes yeah. <laughs> it's just utility yes clothing, I, I right? think it, so yeah don't call it military, military clothing call it utility, utility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe I just want like men to wear utility clothes and just not be wearing like what people normally wear yeah like know. streetwear yeah. yeah Extreme Prejudice starring Nick Nolte he is a cop on one side of like he's like on the US Mexico border mm. and his childhood best friend has become a drug runner on the Mexico side mm. played by Powers Booth wearing a white suit the whole time. Amazing. Of course there's a woman okay. stuck in the middle of them too. Mm. Desert shootouts, bar fights, Vietnam vets who were killed in action but now they're a secret elite bank mm. robbing squad and Whoa. so pretty okay. good really like it a lot the hitcher for kind of like psychopaths mm. like the hitcher is it's like rutger hauer he gets picked up hitchhiking by a guy who's doing like a drive away car and then i think I, I haven't seen it in a while but yeah like something happens the guy realizes like rutger hauer's like a psychopath and the whole movie's like rutger hauer's like hunting this guy down the highway true romance i feel mm. like it has the same kind of i have not seen that one oh, you gotta see it okay oh, that's going on the list true romance we've got the money we're going down the road we're being hunted cast of characters show up some violence some shootouts some fun the house that jack built it's with matt Dillon. he's a serial killer who is (laughs) recounting his serial kills and i think if i remember correctly it's like he's like recounting it to bruno gans who's like i think it might be like jack is like 
dying or something, and he's kind of, like, recounting his life to this, like, otherworldly figure, but it has, like, Uma Thurman, but it's basically just Matt Dillon killing people. I think when it came out, people were like, my god, this is so shocking. People were walking out of the theater when it came out, but I don't think it's that shocking, especially if you know, like, it's about a serial killer recounting his kills. You know what you're getting. So, yeah. Um, those are my recommendations for some neo-Western psychopath take the money and run movies. But I think No Country's a masterpiece. I'm with Emery. Five stars, <laughs> of course. Great movie. My recommendations, if you want some Coen Brothers, you want some Texas, you're watching Blood Simple. Yeah, that's one yes. of their What is it? Blood, Blood Simple. Simple. It's one of it's their, their first, first movies. Yeah. I think it's their first I think you're right. feature film. And Francis McDormand is so young in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also have The Mule, Clint Eastwood. We've got some drug action, oh, yeah. some nice expansive western scenery back and forth, dialogue heavy. Clint Eastwood has like two orgies in it. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's Words. that. It's implied that he had... There's multiple times where like he stops at a hotel and then there's like the next morning it like he's like shirtless Clown getting out of car. bed. I forgot about that. Yeah, like, like, there's, like, a bunch of women, and you're like, my God, there's, like, a 95-year-old man still got it. Clint Eastwood. And then uh, I did The A Little More, or The Highwaymen, A Little More. The Kevin Costner Yes, Woody Harrelson's in it. Mm. I figured it was pretty western-y, kind of. They're hunting Bonnie and Bonnie and Clyde, yeah. It's not, like, the best movie ever, but it's pretty good if you like the vibe. Um, I'm going to give it four stars, because Mm. even though I hate it, it's still a good movie. And I I was having a hard time with recommendations, so I did put Fargo in there. Mm-hmm. I also put Django, mm-hmm. yeah. Django Unchained, and you don't you mean you didn't recommend the Italian '60s spaghetti western Django? <laughs> no, uh, has Kelsey seen that? No, <laughs> um, and then Reservoir Dogs. Oh, good oh, one. Yeah. yeah, as a as a piece of art and as a great American cultural product, I would give it five stars. Mm. For Meredith, I give it three and a half. Mm. Probably would not watch it again. Mm. Have you not for seen someone? It? You never I saw it? it in a theater with James. Did you though? You were in. But the- I, <laughs> I don't know exactly because we were like in the very front row. It had just come out. James kept falling asleep and snoring, and so I kept trying to wake him up, which I think is in part because. Despite all the violence, this movie is very quiet. Yeah, not an action. And uh, he just kept falling asleep. And I kept trying to, like, pump him full of coffee. And, like, I just having kept having to order coffees from the... Because at Alamo Draft House, if you order a coffee, it's not like you're ordering a coffee at a diner where, like, they just keep refilling your coffee. They just bring you a cup of coffee and, like, a disposable... Anyway, so, yes, I have seen it before, but um, this is the first time that I kind of had an undistracted viewing of the movie. But I'd said... Did James watch it with you? No. He's a Coen Brothers hater. hater. Because he, right, he thinks it's exploitative of regionalism Mm -hmm. and this in part, I mean, it takes place in Texas, you know it's going to set him off, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's my favorite thing about their movies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It is not my favorite of theirs. And for someone who doesn't really care that much about women, like, I just wanted to have a Marge. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have somebody who was like a a nod to the viewer or the audience that was a little more relatable than Tommy Lee Jones. Mm -hmm. I don't know because... Oh, yeah. This movie, but with Marge would have been really good. I don't know that it could be because it's no country for old men. It feels like it's not a movie about... Like, no women involved. No there's women not allowed. a female really experience that's part of it, which you is fine. You could just call I it No Country for Old People and then have Marge. Maybe you should talk to Cormac McCarthy's estate. Yeah. And see what Change that not. up, please. Change <laughs> that up, right? As a cultural product, five stars. 
Blood Simple and Fargo. Mm. Leon, the professional. Oh, yeah. Right? There's a made-for-TV movie based on the Norman Mailer book, The Executioner Song, about mm. Gary Gilmore, who was a killer. But the made-for-TV movie has Tommy Lee Jones in it. Oh. And it takes place in... I want to say that Gary Gilmore is from Texas, but his killing spree was, like, in Utah. So a lot of wide-open space. Mm. And this isn't one of Mailer's films that he directed. I think he wrote the screenplay, but I don't think okay. he directed it. What is it called again? The Executioner Song. The book is also very good, but like you know, Norman Mailer, it's like a he's a man. Yeah. I never read anything by Norman Mailer. Many of his things are out of print. Taxi Driver from 1976, uh, directed by the king himself, Marty Scorsese, mm. written by one of my faves, Paul Schrader, mm. starring Robert De Niro, Jodie Foster, Sybil Shepherd, Albert, Albert Brooks, Harvey Keitel, and Peter Boyle. A uh, Vietnam vet, Travis Bickle, becomes a New York City taxi driver to pass the time and begins to become disillusioned with the amount of crime and darkness he sees on the streets. After being rejected by Betsy, a volunteer for a presidential candidate, Travis begins to plan an assassination and clean the streets up for the better. So why'd you pick taxi driver for your birthday? Okay. Robert De Niro, hot. Where's cowboy boots in this movie? Yes. Love the mean streets of New York City. Mm. Love that we have a political candidate. Mm. Love the the inner monologue, his inner thoughts, and like seeing the deterioration of his mind and yeah. like the absolute crazy. I like I don't know. I like how like charming he comes across, but at the same time you're like, uh, shut up, you're stupid. Charming? Yeah, he's oh, I like did in not- a Polish way. I like, feel like he was trying to be. Yeah, trying. like, yeah, this maybe is that's what, what is. you're supposed he to do. I can't do it Like, the one part where at the be. diner and he's telling her all about yourself. If someone were doing that to me, I would be like, who do you think you are? Also keep talking because I'm trying to get to know you. Mm. And, like, what you're about. I just really love this movie. Okay. Um, love Martin Scorsese. Yep. I really like the dark versus light in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, in the mean streets at night, and it's like, you know, bad stuff going on. But then, like, during the day, we're, like, political campaigning and eating pie. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that. So, you know, when we watched The Big Lebowski, we talked about how we thought maybe John Goodman's character was not a Vietnam vet. Yeah. Like, stolen valor. Or yes. maybe, maybe much like my Uncle Gary, he got, like, dishonor of <laughs> I think Travis Bickle is a fake Vietnam vet. Oh. <coughs> I, I think, don't. I think that mm. he's a product of mm. the trauma. That's what I gather. From Vietnam. From the Vietnam War. I think he went to the military surplus store and bought a jacket and spray painted his... Initials oh. on the back of it. Yeah. Is that like a common theory, or is it just what you think? I want to say I feel like I heard Tarantino say that he's like, yeah, that dude just is like playing as yeah. a. Oh. You know what this reminds me of though? Now that I'm thinking about it, do you guys know the story of Bo Bergdahl? Mm-hmm. Yes, I. Okay, so I've he heard... was like a he joined the military, kind of like a Timothy McVeigh dude. Like he was into guns. He would, but he was like socially disconnected from people and he didn't really seem to find his place. And then he went into the military and he thought that he did find his place, but he felt like nobody was taking it as seriously as he was. And he like went AWOL basically in the desert and they sent all these people after him because they weren't sure whether or not he had been like kidnapped or mm-hmm. had just walked away. And then he ended up going, he was uh, court-martialed. You know, you come to find out he might be on the spectrum or whatever, and that might explain some of the interpersonal issues that he had. So, I feel like 
hearing your theory and then mm. kind of knowing that and like thinking about Timothy McVeigh or whatever, it feels like Travis Bickle might be a similar kind of person who like washed out. If he was in the military, he thought he was better than everyone or and like washed yeah. out. Or like got like discharged for psychological issues or something. Yes. This is what Tarantino thinks. Even Paul Schrader, in regards to Travis Bickle, slightly invested this type of character tomfoolery by suggesting Travis is a Vietnam veteran and that he did a tour of duty during the war. No effing way was Travis in Vietnam. The extent of Travis's paranoia of black males is only credible if they are an other that he has only had superficial contact with. Right. How do you do a tour of duty in Vietnam and only have superficial contact with black dudes? The answer is you can't. Okay, say he did serve with black dudes in Vietnam. Does that mean he has to like them? No, not necessarily. But it's not convincing he would fear them the way Travis does. In the movie, he fears them as an other. If you serve in, a, in war with six or seven black guys, they wouldn't be an other. Unless, possibly, if Travis was an MP. I don't have a problem with Travis's fraudulent claim in the movie. The only proof the movie offers up of Travis's military service is his account to Joe Spinell and his jacket. Fine, Travis spends the entire movie demonstrating to the audience that he's an unreliable narrator, Mm. completely delusional, and he constantly presents himself to characters in a fraudulent manner. Mm. He bought the jacket in a Navy Army store. What is this review from? His cinema speculation book. I didn't... I missed where he was afraid of... Of black people? He said they're like scum and animals and to... Yeah. Maybe I was not... And then they would drive by and the camera would like focus on black people and he'd be like, disgusting. They're oh, oh, I didn't I realize it was about black people. No, I thought he was just was like extreme. driving through Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's extremely racist. racist and but I, the only I didn't thing, pick that up The all. only thing that, that yeah, I will I say either. though mm. is that like if we look at somebody like Timothy McVeigh he basically joined up with like Aryan Nation people but was a with servicing serving in the military for years mm. and serving in a capacity I mean the military's racial breakup is not the same as yeah. the regular as the general population mm. it's possible that he could be racist and still serve but yeah but uh, it does I find it convincing because if yeah. those are your brothers in arms it and seems like you would at the very least feel and then at that differently point you've about met and served with black people so you know they are not whatever it is you think that he thinks they are and i think meredith's right he's a timothy mcveigh Mm -hmm. character and he went into the army he was the zealous rotc kid he may have served with black people but still thought he was better than them yeah i don't think it's like fake valor i think Mm. it's it could be the kid that took it too seriously yeah he he reminds me so much of john goodman's character of like i'm outraged and i'm making sure everyone constantly knows about nam which he doesn't talk about nam yeah but i don't know i feel like i'm like yeah there's some righteous indignation here's the other thing from at 70 in 76 he may so there were a lot of especially if to emily's point if he's like the rotc kid right who felt like he was taking it more seriously than everyone else in 1976 he probably does have a lot of they were not welcomed home yeah no he was not a hero and if he took it very seriously and thought that he was doing the right thing i can imagine him being i can imagine that feeding into this kind of disgruntled behavior yeah mm. you know yeah i'm a freaking hero and i was over there to protect mm. to protect this scum this that's scum. selling 12 year olds and doing drugs yeah and, yeah and i was spit on when i came home yeah, yeah. that's what i maybe i don't know but i find that theory fascinating yeah tarantino he just strikes me as 
He, he strikes me, honestly, as, like, naive. Yes. So yeah. I just feel like if you if were you've to be seen a you were, wouldn't be. You'd be mm. more jaded than naive, and he strikes me but, as very naive. But he doesn't yeah, seem... To I me, he just seems dumb. Mm. You think so? I mean, he was... Yes. Yeah, he seems like someone who you God could, like... God bless our troops or whatever, but he was a Marine. <laughs> like, yeah. You could get your... You could get deferred... If you were in college, yeah. <laughs> right? And yeah. so I think he gives off marine energy, college vibe. Mm. I I don't know. I felt like I was getting like Unabomber vibe. Oh, mm. but the but I think he's smart. Very smart. No, I mean just but like manifesto, like mm. uh, Timothy McVeigh. Yeah, Timothy McVeigh. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know. The Oklahoma yeah, bomber. bomber. Yeah, I need to read about that. Yeah, yeah read Homegrown. It's great. That's great. It's on yeah. my TBR. Yeah, it's very good. I think the only thing I like about Taxi Driver is the Bernard Herman score and the. I, I, I hated it. Oh, I, I, thought, I, it was, I thought it was so way good. It was like too much film, sax. No, it was like film noir. It was no, old that's what I didn't like. About I hated it. Oh, I thought it was good. I liked the aesthetic, and I think it yeah, made all it, the garbage was like actual garbage. Yeah. Yeah. because it was during the sanitation yeah. strike. Yeah, I liked the garbage aesthetic. Was I like, it really? I didn't realize yeah. it. I, th- I think it's a good document of like 1970s New York. All of that stuff he got was $1.85. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Can we talk about the worst part of this movie that I don't understand? Mm. Why does he put cheese on the pie? That's a there thing. are a lot of people who put Is cheese on the pie. It's not Maddox that brings us pies. Always like, you want me to put cheese on it? No, I'm that's like, no. actually a thing. Like, it's actually a thing. There, in fact, it's a Midwestern are, thing, right? Is I don't know, but no, the, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's a Midwestern thing. I don't know that it's just because there are there are recipes in my Great British Bake Off cookbook that have cheddar crust. It's like a savory crust crust for an apple pie. Okay, so I just say, imagined like craft cheese single being microwaved onto a piece that's of pie. Probably what that was, but I thought it was cheddar cheese. It is cheddar. Mm. Yeah. yeah. For Emily, it's Travis Bickle and Anton Sugar. For Emery, it's Dennis Hopper and Charles Manson. For Kelsey, it's Bobby Boucher and Kevin Costner. And for Meredith, it's John McClane and Richard Nixon. We all have those characters, those people who fascinate us. Maybe we hate to love them. Maybe we love to hate them. No matter your taste, we have stories that will speak to you. Helen Hall Library, we're full of characters. I had a really big issue. I know a lot of there are not Star Wars fans in this room, but like no. I had a very big issue. Why on earth would you have someone named Senator Palatine and not just go all the way and name them Senator Palpatine? Yeah. <laughs> Does Star Wars not exist? Chancellor. One letter. Star it Wars. Was, it was the seventies. Yeah, but it was Star Wars seventy seven. Yeah. So Star oh. Wars. Palpatine would. If Maybe that's how Palpatine came up. Maybe. <laughs> But yes. Chancellor. Okay, so now, but just looking. George Lucas is a hack. Yeah. Palpatine, like one letter difference. And then, like, Albert Brooks was so young. Oh, I know. And I liked him because he was like a quieter version of how he it usually is. is in his own movies. Which yeah. one was he? He's you the. Know. Oh. He's a Betsy's. <laughs> Friend. Yeah, oh, he's like the campaign. He looks really. just like my dad in the seventies with the afro, and yeah, he. I'll have to. Maybe I have a picture of it. I've wow. been into your dad in the seventies. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, your yeah, mom was saying that like Brooks. he he wore short oh. softball shorts. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's right. why my mom liked him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of their she went to go watch his. Soft, <laughs> she get taste. <laughs> she went to go watch one of his softball games and short she was shorts, like, I'm into he it. He had his mullet back then. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Okay. Sybil Shepherd was who Peter Bogdanovich was obsessed with. Yes. Yeah, they were in yeah. a relationship, right? Yeah. But yeah. but he was like unhealthily obsessed with her. Yeah. From what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Bull. yeah. Yeah. Peter Boyle loved him. 
Yes. I lo- hate his hair so much. Loved him. Is he one the of the one cab drivers? Wizard. Oh, he's wizard. Yeah. He's the dad from... Everybody, Everybody loves Frankenstein. Frank. That's how I know he's him. He's also yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, yes. And young, young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yes. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. I love young Frankenstein. He's the Frankenstein. Mm. How funny. I want to know what Travis Bickle did before he was a taxi driver. Yeah. Not what did he in the do? Vietnam War. What did he do? <laughs> For someone who, like, detests New York City so much and, like, the scum of the earth, nighttime taxi cab driver is, like, not the job I would take. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But he's also displayed that he's probably not that smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he probably also, like, lets him water billing. superior yeah. to the I guess. people he's picking um, up. Before I recognized Carby Cartel, I thought that it was Tommy Wiseau. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Same energy. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Eric is so excited. He's like, did you know it's Harvey Cartel? And I was like, okay. But he gets excited about that. I think uh, he looks I like Kid Harvey Rock Cartel. at that one where he's wearing the suit and the bandana around his head. All no, I can think the of whole is time, like... When he first came in, I was like, what's Tommy Wiseau doing? Oh my god. Yeah. I feel like Travis Bickle is a really good example of how easy it still is for mentally ill people to get a gun and hurt people today. And this movie is like 50 years old. Mm. Yes. And Great I think that's commentary. why I don't like this movie because Travis Bickle, I literally feel like he's real and he's sitting in his bedroom right now on Reddit. Oh, yeah. yeah he's an incel for sure. Yeah. Like, I literally, I think Travis Bickle is so, he literally repulses me so much that I, it makes me feel, like, gross and, like, upset. Did he want to kill Senator Palpatine because <laughs> of Betsy or because he actually hates Senator Palpatine? I because of Betsy. Betsy yeah. Because of Betsy. Yeah. yeah. Because he wanted to do something that would be, Because he was like, also, he was really yeah. excited when he was in his taxi. Like, yeah. yeah, he's like, I'm well, your biggest fan. I don't yeah. know. But I don't I really think, follow politics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's like the brush with like, this is this famous yeah. sort of senator and he doesn't know that I'm... Even though I'm not involved in his campaign, but I am. I know I somebody. Yeah. And he doesn't, no. he doesn't, he can't recognize me for who I am. Yeah. I think Travis Bickle's only redeeming quality is that he tries to help Jody Foster. Jody Foster, yeah. yes. That's his only redeeming quality. Let's talk about that scene. I think that scene is filmed so terribly. I think it the looks shootout? horrible. The shootout? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love the scene. Uh, Isn't that like, like pan like a bug? That's like I supposed think it looks to be, so good. I thought like Spielberg like was like, yeah, this is amazing. And, well, and they had, oh, so they can, we didn't talk about Martin Scorsese. Oh, yes. in his own movie? Yeah. But he has Martin, two different cameos. Martin Scorsese yeah. acting in his own film is the expression is like he's pushing Travis toward his ethos, right? Yeah. He's, like, yeah. he's there to like. The devil on the show. Yes. Yeah. I didn't recognize him. Oh. No baby Scorsese. Yeah. Because he didn't have the glasses. Oh. I think it's funny. He's in his own movie, drops the N-word. Tarantino's in his own movie, Pulp Fiction, drops the N-word. Ugh. Something about directors. Why? Okay, I've got, I've just got some little qualms. I love this movie, but I got some little qualms. When he's sitting at the diner, they're at breakfast, whatever, she takes the most absurd amount of jelly I've ever seen and like puts it on this toast and then puts the sugar on it. I know why. And then does a sandwich. I know why. Yeah. I read some trivia stuff. It's because it was a technique that's used like for heroin addicts. I thought it was just because she is a child. No. That's what I was like. Are they trying to show the childlikeness? Yes. Why does she switch sunglasses during the scene? No. Jodie Foster is so young in it. They'd use her sister as like a body double. For what? And I'm like, why not just hire her sister then? But why? But for what? There wasn't even any scenes that were like 
if they're trying to get light, not that child actors things were like the same as they are now as they were in the seventies. Oh, but you I'm can't guess them that too it, much. Yeah, like maybe they had her like stand in just for lighting or something. Yeah. yeah. It says she add, adds her sugar to the jelly. Some viewers interpret this character trait as Iris still being a kid at heart. However, this was not the intention. The other hooker who walks the streets with Iris in the film was an actual prostitute who Jodie Foster shadowed to prepare for her role. The prostitute was also a heroin addict, and one way in which she would quell her addiction was add extra sugar to her meals. Okay, so I have the same issue later in the movie. Travis, he's making his, like, mushed-up bread with syrup and whiskey. whiskey. With, yeah, and, I'm, and milk. I'm like... What is this freaking elf? Like it reminds me of like the spaghetti with the like syrup ulcers. and the yeah. He's like, like a teenager. Yeah. What is that about? Mm. I don't like that. My also, oh, oh sorry sorry no 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 his nasty back scar. What is that from? I never saw that. When he's like making his little machine and stuff and doing the like you talking to me. Are you talking to me? And he, like, takes his shirt off at one point, and it shows, like, this huge back scar. Maybe he was a victim at some point. I don't know. Travis Bickle is unhinged because perhaps he was attacked at night, right? Mm. This is not just... This is not just cleaning. Yeah, not just... This is vengeance. This is vengeance. Robert De Niro. Travis Bickle should have died at the end. Mm. Mm. I thought he would, yeah. The first time I watched it. I feel like he should have. Yeah. I don't like that he lived. (laughs) His anniversary card that he sends to his parents. Mm -hmm. It's like for a couple of scouts or whatever. And then he's writing it and he's like, I hope no one has died. Like, that was so... That's such an, like, information dump. Yeah. For an anniversary card. For an anniversary card. He has a horrible apartment. The TV on the crate. I hate that. Um, another thing I have a question about, when did we all stop wearing the fake campaign hats during elections? Why don't we still do that? You know, like, during those senators rally, everyone's wearing those, like, little fake campaign hats, like, the little, like, straw hat with the patriotic ribbon. I think some of them still wear those on the... When they do the voting. Yeah. Yeah. At conventions. Mm -hmm. At, like, the Why aren't they giving those out anymore? I want... Because they're just so dumb. They're not giving out thimbles. They're not giving out any of the clothes. No pins. I want some swag. I know. There's no no handkerchiefs. Mm. There are no matchbooks. All the cool stuff they don't do anymore. All they're doing are bumper stickers and yard signs. Maybe other people are doing other things elsewhere. Maybe this is just because we live in a community where we have a lot of yards. In a society <laughs> where we need the hats, I want big buttons, big but big buttons. But we are the people. I never understood. We are the people. I don't understand why the R the was people. underlined. I think oh, honestly, oh. Albert Brooks is like the best part of this. Honestly, oh. like that's the only part I enjoy. Oh, I oh. hate that y'all hated this movie so much. I love this movie. I, this movie. I, I love like, pointing out the works of this movie. Like when they go in the room and there's all those candles lit, and I just think of the fire hazard and the door yeah. being. And I think I can feel like Martin Scorsese about to literally die from cocaine while trying to make yes. this movie. So, and, that's, and then Raging Bull I don't really like. And I think that's also because he is now, that's his first movie, like, cleaned up from cocaine. Yeah. So he's, like, too sterile. Yeah. So I, I feel like, like this is Bull. too loose mass. I'm on cocaine. I'm crazy. 
Paul Schrader did not write a good script. And then Raging Bull, it's like, I got off cocaine. I don't know who I am now. Not on cocaine. So I think the Raging very Bull first, The Jarvis. very first note that I made, it feels overwrought. It must be cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he literally like almost died from like cocaine yeah. abuse right after making this. Yeah. yeah. I love a Scorsese De Niro movie. I, I can't get enough. I love Robert De Niro. Mm. Robert De Niro and Goodfellas, the range between mm-hmm. this movie and Goodfellas is like... Goodfellas is a great movie. Who is even like I guess okay so like I didn't like Travis Bickle right I didn't like the character I didn't like that but like if I had seen this movie I never would have pictured Robert De Niro being so good in Goodfellas you know what I mean I don't like I think he plays Travis Bickle so well he's supposed to be like this Holden Caulfield little no no like I'm not saying he doesn't do it well I'm just saying like the range is like Mm -hmm. He seems so, like, in charge and together and, like, he's got it. But the thing is, so maybe this is a mark in the column of, of course he would have been the perfect soldier because he doesn't express anything that is unique to him. We hear his, like, thoughts or whatever, these monologues, but in his interactions with other people, he only ever repeats back what they say. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I gotta get organized. Oh, I don't listen to music, but I'd like to. Like, it's always, like, stuff he talks about I don't listen to music, but doing. I'd like, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. And he does have that sign, organized organized or whatever yeah. later you see it in his room. yes i think someone needed to like punch up paul schrader's script before they filmed this mm. because paul schrader has basically rewritten taxi driver in like four different movies that he's directed since mm. this and they're all better i love all those characters basically every paul schrader movie is a loner sitting in a room writing in a journal the voiceover every character is travis bickle and they're all a hundred times better and i think it's because I think Paul Schrader was also... He was not... I think... Yeah, I don't know. I think this movie was, like, too early in their careers or something. Or mm. it's too it's too formless. Has too much French New Wave in it for me. Yes. Yes. Mm. And that, maybe that's why I don't like I it. I think that's why you don't like it. Yeah. It's a little too... It's like if French New Wave had, like, a Reddit incel in it, and that's just, like, too much for me. Right. I don't know. And then I think knowing the rest of Scorsese's filmography, to me, it just doesn't even stack up to most of his things. I made notes that are, like, just, like, questions right is Travis working towards his medallion or does he already have one because they're super expensive yes. is he subcontracting mm. well this is a logistic for the taxi company? yes but this is just a this is just logistical questions because a lot of people who still work for taxi companies mm. still have their own medallions doesn't the fact that we have so many questions tell you something about Paul Schrader's writing of this film but I don't know that anybody else would care about that you know I like that his cab is antiquated even in 1976 mm. his cab is so much older than the other cows mm-hmm. on the street, which I says I think says a lot about the character. Yeah. Do you think they send the older, t- worst cabs to Harlem? Yeah. Like you don't get a nice cab. Cab. I think it's just like a maybe this person gets the oldest stuff. Maybe, but even if that's how taxi cabs operate, they made a choice to get mm. a car that was like twenty five years yeah. old, right? Like Scorsese made a choice mm. to get like this old yeah. yellow cab. Other than the music, which I hate, Bernard Herman did not want to do the score oh. because he found the film so repulsive and I think oh. he like died like right after doing the score but oh. but he did Psycho and he did yeah, maybe, so he did old scores and yes maybe it was music of his own personal distaste and rage mm. maybe that's what I'm hearing he's just full of rage at this movie <laughs> um, but I thought that the street noise and hearing the noise from the other apartments is very effective yeah. so sound design is very good mm. and I'm gonna guess it's because of the cocaine yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I'm gonna guess that Marty was like, "We have to be able to hear what's happening in the apartment next door." I think they like <laughs> put the sound stuff in the trunk of the taxi, and then oh. Marty was just like laying on the back seat of the taxi, like filming. So they were getting all the sounds. Oh wow! Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! What did you think, Kelsey? Since it was your first ride in the taxi, um, I, don't know, I expected you to like kind of come in and just be like. I did not like that at all. It wasn't as bad as, like, mm. some things. Like, I didn't like character. Mm. For for watching it for the first time, I guess it wasn't really that bad. Any other taxi driver thoughts? The hair. Mm. The mohawk, though. Could have been so cool, but it looks so bad. It yeah. really bad. And I feel like it's like, pale head with, like, you can still see his, like... <sighs> Yeah. yeah, that was not real. Anyway. I like that iconic scene though, where he's in the military jacket and like he's got the the badly cut the hair. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's so like rebel without a cause. Emery, you were saying to Kelsey, if someone tells you that they identify with Travis yeah. Bickle, you need to like run oh, that's very a red away. flag. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have to say that as pathetic as he is portrayed, mm. and as dumb as he comes across, and as so clearly missing it. Mm. I feel like those people, if they do, are not getting it. Mm. Because he yeah. is not being he is not being held up. Heads. He is yeah. not being held up as they just see at the end that he's the hero. Yeah. Like that is like he has become mouthwash, right? Like he is a product. Like he is not. Right. Or like people do the like you talking to me and it's like this is from like the most horrifying movie I've ever seen and it's like a it's like a meme it's like what people just make fun of and I'm like oh my god y'all y'all even see it do you even understand like, that like he uh, just cut, like I love that scene <laughs> like you know that he is so like there is nothing cool or heroic mm. about a man who does not understand why a grown woman would not want to go on a date with him at a porn theater oh you yeah. know what I'm saying like they, that's what I love about it is like we're yes. still praising this like white hero who's actually just kind of but you're like um the clothing line like Supreme they did a line where they had it was like taxi driver mm-hmm. with him on it and you could get stickers like Travis Bickle and like I had friends who like had shirts with Travis Bickle and they like had him on their phone and I'm, and then they were literally like no I haven't seen the movie and then I was just like you don't even know what you're like putting on your phone and like Ugh. like I don't know I just I it's don't just know. those are Triggered. those people are yeah. just those people are just attracted to the aesthetic right yeah. it's the it's the coolness of seventies New I, York and yeah I'm like yeah but I think it's one of those things where it's like. This is one of our greatest movies of all time. But I'm like, have you seen it? Have you watched it? Like, so I like... But I feel like... I feel like... Okay, so this is probably not a fair thing, but it's... I feel a little bit about this movie. Like, I do, like, Al Pacino Scarface. Mm. Like, I feel like they're... Right. I've never seen I feel that. like there are people who really love those movies, mm. but I don't think that they are, like, the best representations of... Or I don't think it's, like, peak Pacino, right? I think he looks great. Mm. But I think he, I don't think he's, that's yeah. his best performance, it's not right? De Palma's best movie, right? No, right? It's great to have this piece where all these people coalesced, mm. but is it the best right. one? Right, but like the, the same like boys that like Scarface are the same are the boys, same boys who like this one. And yes. I'm yeah, like, but how it's do you the miss 15 it? year old like, incel with but I'm like, how do they not, poster and Scarface poster. How do they not watch it in real, like? Because I just don't think they're young and dumb. Yeah. 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 I just don't think. Because the first time I watched this, I was like so excited, like when I was getting into movies. Like, oh, I don't know, watch Taxi Driver. Maybe it's, it's because. And then I watched so, it and I was just am like, I how this old, 
Emily, how old were you the first time you watched it? I mean, I was in college. Yeah, like, Emily, how old was the first? How old were you when you first watched it? Um, twenty one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I just this was like a movie that I watched a lot in high school. I feel like the age that maybe the age that you come mm. to it can have a. Oh, abs- uh, I feel like if I had seen this in high school, I would have been like spickled. So like he's a hero because I was so like disgusted that, with with everything with everything and, like, and there's like a nihilism to it that mm. I think is like attractive yeah. to particularly juvenile mm. mindsets. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, because I was like horrified the first time I watched it. I was just like, "What?" Like, well, like once what? to me, once he puts on the jacket and has the mohawk, he's like one step away from neo Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, not a fan of New York. I know he's literally a tax driver. Not a fan of New York movies where they don't go in the subway. subway. How does he get to work? Right, right. Like I'm like, how- he talked about the subway. Yeah. Yeah, but, but like they don't show it. Yeah, like if you have a scene and I don't hear the train rushing by and I don't know, I just feel like how can you do anything in New York and not use the subway? Missed opportunity. Yeah. Especially Maybe. because the subways were like horrible in the seventies. Yeah. They're just covered in graffiti and like and frightening. Yeah. Travis Bickle, we have established, is not smart, right? Yeah. yeah. But he was smart enough not to give the Secret Service person his real name and yeah. address. Well, I think that was paranoia. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. Yeah. You're sense. you're right. Or he's like I've outsmarted the secret service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's I don't think you have to be too smart to lie to yeah, people <laughs> yeah. authority. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So the first time I saw this movie, I gave it a half star. Oh. And then before this I had it at one and a half stars. It has since made its way to a two star. Um, I recommend Quentin Tarantino's Cinema Speculation. Mm. He loves Taxi Driver, but he does a whole chapter on it, kind of being like, I don't think Travis Bickle is a Vietnam veteran, and like, how did they even make this movie, and mm. what was going on with Paul Schrader? And yeah. Like, so that's, I don't know, I love Cinema Speculation. I think it's a great book. Before Taxi Driver, Marty directed and wrote Mean Streets with Robert De Niro and Harvey mm. Keitel, where they're just running around the mean streets of New York. Robert De Niro gets in some trouble with some, like, bookies, him and Harvey Keitel are like childhood friends and trying to figure stuff out. I think it's a lot better. It's lower budget made. It's yeah. I think there's still some problematic things in it. American Psycho, because I also That's one of mine. I feel like American Psycho where it's also like edgy boys love American Psycho, but I do genuinely think American Psycho is great. I love it. But American Psycho is like it's so different. It's like the complete opposite almost. It's like rich white got or yeah like people rich. who are obsessed with consumer mm. goods. Yeah. Have you read the book? I haven't. I probably should. The book is very Mm. label conscious. Mm. Like, it's like reading a shopping list. Oh, okay. And I've I've rewatched it a couple times to make sure I'm not just, like, saying it's good because everyone else likes it. But, like, I love it. I think it's really good. I love how in American Psycho, he'll say, like, I want to smash your face in. And then, like, no one's even listening because they're also so self-absorbed. Yeah. 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 Natural Born Killers. Mm. Um, That's another, like, boys are, like, I'm edgy. I've seen a movie about serial killers on the run and Mm. bringing out the dead directed by Marty. Yeah. Written by Paul Schrader. Nick Cage is an ambulance driver, starts going crazy, working the night shift, New York, getting into shenanigans. Hardcore, written and directed by Paul Schrader. George C. Scott has to save his daughter from the porn industry. Mm -hmm. First Reformed, Ethan Hawke is a priest who gets radicalized, ties like a, like, spiky stuff on a fence, like, around himself. Barbed wire? Yeah. Wears, like, a bomb 
bomb under his stuff while he's like preaching. Like, yeah. Joe with Peter Boyle, where a dad comes into a bar and he's talking about how hippies have taken his daughter. Mm -hmm. And Joe is a crazy, racist, redneck, horrible man. And they decide to get the idea together to go find some hippies and kill them all. And they go kill all the hippies. And then the dad finds out his daughter was in the hippie group that they killed. So Peter Boyle, I feel like he's kind of playing the same character in Taxi Driver. Like, it's, I feel like it's not a jump. A Most Violent Year, Oscar Isaac, Jessica Chastain, they have, like, a branch of Standard Oil that they are the owners of. It's when New York was abandoned, so it's set during that. The Card Counter, Oscar Isaac, ex-Abu Grabe, Willem Dafoe, the loner, he goes and does gambling, ends up picking up, like, a teen guy that hangs out with him. Um, and then Out of Towners, us talking about, like, you saying how they would give them the flyers. Yes. Out of Towners, Jack Lemon, they get stuck in New York. It's like the worst experience of their life. They're just, the whole time they're there, they're like, why did we even come here? This is horrible. And I thought it was so funny. So those are my recommendations for Taxi Driver adjacent, but in my opinion, better. <laughs> I put a lot of those on my list just now. Mm, nice. I think you'll like them. I gave it five stars. Obviously, love this movie. I just did Psycho Men that mm, yeah. I like to watch go crazy. Joker, just because it did so yes, many that parallels. Was one of, yeah, that was one of my I saw those movies a day apart. Oh, you were for in the, it. Yeah, for the first time. And I was like, oh, the madness, chaos. I Donnie Darko. No, yeah. And then another Jake Gyllenhaal Nightcrawler. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I also think, if you like the Joker, the king of comedy. Because oh, I think yeah. the Joker basically... Did, took Taxi Driver and the King, King of Comedy. Comedy and, like, and King of Comedy is Robert De Niro <laughs> yeah. is obsessed with this comedian who's played by Jerry Lewis mm-hmm. and he kidnaps him and then he like holds him hostage to get to get airtime to do his stand-up routine and yeah. it's all in New York and okay. it's like if Travis Bickle was more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm waffling back and forth between two and a half and three stars. Mm. I think I'm gonna go with three because of I enjoyed the aesthetic and it wasn't it wasn't a bad movie. It's just not a movie like I personally would watch a lot, I think. I did my recommendations are Goodfellas, American Psycho, Forrest Gump, and There Will Be Blood because they're all like one man stories, mm-hmm. like one man focused stories. Mm-hmm. to me like you know Forrest Gump feels like a wild card yeah but it's well but like it's about Forrest Gump yeah, yeah. and who he interacts and with and who he interacts with yeah mm-hmm. um American Psycho mm-hmm. I will say I do think Goodfellas is probably the greatest movie ever made I up there with there will be blood I give it a three and a half because I think it is a very special document mm-hmm. of a time and a place and of people at a particular time in their careers I think that is irreplaceable you will never see another piece that is Bobby De Niro looking like that Mm -hmm. with Marty being unhinged and how overwrought and overworked and the sound design and I like for all those reasons. I give Robert De Niro looking pale and like dehydrated almost like very anemic or whatever I give that five stars. Okay. Also Jodie Foster totally real actress She's got it. Yeah. yeah. And she's pretty commanding. Yes, yeah. for sure. She already sounds like an adult yeah. woman when yes. she's talking. Yeah. Like. So, in terms of recommendations, I had Joker. I also thought the um, Death Wish, both Charles Bronson mm-hmm. and Bruce Willis. I think both of those are great. Mm-hmm. Charles Bronson's Death Wish is like multiples, right? Yeah. Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. 
cleaning up the streets. Should you be doing that? The the vigilante Jesus. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think the Bo Bergdahl serial mm, season. Yeah. I think that's really. I think there's some connections there. And I also is he B O or B A U? B O W E. Oh, his yeah. parents set him up for failure. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think that I mean lean into the lean into the other thing, other stories that have inspired some psychos. So like read Catcher in the Rye. Mm. Read about some alienated youth yeah mm. I didn't like catching in the it's yeah it's the same it's story the same to me sort of thing. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would in high school I read it and I was like oh this is genius this is everything and then I read it again like a year ago and I was like I hate this whiny brat <laughs> okay all right anything else thanks so much for watching my birthday movies <laughs> That's it for this episode of Watch Out. Follow Helen Hall Library and all the things. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow Emery's blog for more movie reviews, personalized recommendations with our AV Club. Check out AV Club. And past and current episodes of this podcast. Yay! Yay. Like 32 ounces of coffee really got to me. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, He's a boogeyman. Aussie were triplets, I would throw myself But think about this as, wait, look how much more mature and, you know, older you are. I'm a very mature woman. You're... What? He's a boogeyman. George Lucas is a hack. Yeah. Well, you know, you do love Dennis Hopper. You also love Charles Manson. Yeah. 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 He's a boogeyman.